Have you ever wondered what it would be like to have to flee your own country, spend days or weeks in a leaky boat on dangerous rolling seas, and then arrive in a new country where you are terrorised even more? Well, that's the life confronting millions of people in this world who have no choice but to seek asylum. All these people want is a fair go, but here in Australia, our government, in our name, treats these desperate people with cruelty and inhumanity. Here at 3CR, we aim to give these people a voice, a chance to speak out and let you know that they are just like us, people with hopes and aspirations, people who deserve to be treated as we would expect to be treated if we found ourselves in this position. Refugee Radio is the voice of refugees. It's hard to go on living when your future is denied. So I'm here today with um, Matthew Leroy from Sydney. Uh, he is doing his PhD in Vienna um, on the media representation of refugees in Australia. We are at the Heinrich Hein University in Germany. Um, we have just met at a conference um, on Australian perspectives on migration um, and so I thought that I would interview him uh, for you guys just um, to get his perspective on, on what is going on so welcome thank you very much <laughs> um, tell, tell us a bit about your PhD and, and what you're presenting here at the conference yeah so my PhD is actually on uh, the media representation of refugees in Australia so like how we talk about them and how we've talked about them since 2001 and I'm doing what's called a frame analysis. So what that means is we're looking at how the media frames the bigger story there. So, like, uh, why is, when we see pictures of refugees, why do we always see also military vessels? Or why do we see barbed wire? And why do we see members of the military or police force? And how does that then change how we talk about refugees and how we see them, right? Um, and what I was actually doing here in Germany was comparing Austria and Australia, because that's where I live, in Vienna. And I think it's really interesting. Um, I don't know if you know, but Austria has recently called to try and adopt the Australian model. And it uh, mm. sounds kind Did of horrific. let them know that it's not great? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, it, it sounds terrible, but, you know, it wins elections. It makes a lot of money for private security companies and lawyers and all the people who make the money off the back of refugees, which I think we need to talk about more. Mm. Um, so it's popular for other governments around the world. Um, whether they can actually do it is a different story. Well, they managed to do it in Australia, so do you think that there is that same support in Austria as there is in Australia for policies like this? It, it's it's kind of scary that in the EU it's it's happening under the radar. So we're adopting policies in Europe that Australia's had for a long time. For example, um, liaison officers. So sending police officers or military from the from Europe to Africa and the Middle East and trying to stop people from leaving uh, dire situations there. Something that Australia became infamous for. And it's, it's been done now by the EU, and, and nobody's been told about it, actually. 
And do you know that? Do you know if there's a direct relation to like they saw that happening in Australia and they're like, let's do it here, or did they just come up with that of their own accord and it somehow matched Australia's as well? There have been a few significant meetings. Uh, Julie Bishop was famously in Austria and had meetings with the uh, the now Chancellor Sebastian Kurz. And after those meetings, he he supported the Australian model. So obviously, there's some discussions mm. going on there. Yeah. And also, I think if you know the political world, uh, everybody's always watching everybody else. So yeah. They're looking at what works, what wins what elections. What the effects are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the sad thing is, uh, as you probably know, in Australia, is it's bipartisan. So there's uh, supported it, by supported both by labor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I hope that doesn't come to Austria, and I think we will see versions of it, sadly. So you were saying that it was put forward, like, you think that Austria is going is putting it forward, is that by all parties as well, or is that just by a, a far-right party? Currently it's just by the centre-right okay, coalition, centre-right. Yep. really. Um, but as soon as it's in place, it's very hard to dismantle because of those reasons. There's money behind it. Um, it wins elections, right? Um, even in Australia, you know, it polls fairly well, actually. A lot of people do support this system. Um, so once it's in, it's hard to change, and you'll see other parties start to adopt the measure. What's interesting in Austria is that they don't want to copy the best parts of Australians uh, dealing with refugees. So Australia actually does some good things. Yeah, like we, what? we settle 16,000 mm-hmm. every year mm-hmm. humanitarian mm-hmm. settlements right, from the UNHCR camps. Um, Austria doesn't want to do that. They just want to do the restrictive part. Oh. Right? They just don't want to have anybody coming. They want them to be processed in, in offshore centres. They don't want to take in 16,000 a year. What do you think the reasons for that are? So in Australia, again, it's like um, they're f- they fear the other, they fear loss of jobs, they f- um, that kind of thing. Is that the same in Austria as well? Yeah, uh, particularly after 2015, mm-hmm. where we saw a lot of people uh, moving towards Germany. And this triggered a lot of fears linked to nationalism. It was really complex, and I don't think we completely understand it as well. Mm. Um, There's a a very sensitive um, relationship between Austria and Germany, especially after the Nazi occupation there. Mm -hmm. So the idea that Germany can make decisions that affect Austria um, ruffled some feathers as well. Um, And it was after that time that we saw fences being built on the borders of Austria between Austria and Italy and Austria and Slovenia, something that we never thought would happen in the EU. Um, And that seems to have a lot of support, actually. What do you think um, is the way forward here? Like, I I like to ask this question, particularly from the people that I met at this conference, um, because... uh, what I like about conferences like this is you do get a lot of great minds together, minds that have studied and thought about this issue for a very long time. Mm. Do you see a way forward in, in, in all this? If you, if you yeah. were the, the political leader and you were not pressured by outside forces or anything like that, what would you do? I'm, you know, it, it sounds crazy, but I'm, I'm a big optimist. And I actually really love Australia. And I love Australian culture, and we're a bit slow to get there, but we're always improving. Which, compared to some other countries which are very static, Australia gets there in the end. You know, we're always thinking about how can we make the country better. 
Australia's also got this tradition of pragmatism, right? We, we like dollars and cents. We like to see. We don't like too much theory. We want to see what works. And I think if we talk about the immense expense that goes into stopping uh, people who come by boat to Australia, Australians will realize that there's better ways to do this, you know? Um, I'm not a person who believes we should just let in everybody, right? You know, um, if you, anybody who works with refugees knows that there will be one or two who comes who's not a refugee, right? So at the minimum, you have to take down their data, process them. But it doesn't help Australia or Australia's people by putting them on an offshore island or treating them terribly, right? Um, we can do it on Australian territory. We can grant them rights. We can do this in an orderly way and still have whatever the term is, security. Or and still not spend as way. much money as we are exactly. spending now. Right. Yeah. 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 The problem is it's, you know, it's put under the defense budget, so we don't know how much money it exactly is costing. So we can't yeah. access that information? We get estimates. Okay. We can kind of guess around there. But, you know, you know, in Australia, we can't build a proper highway because people complain about spending too much money, and it's usually like $20 million. We're spending upwards of $450 million on keeping these operations in Nauru going along, right? If people talk about that, if, if politicians can find a way to sell it to the public, then you can make change, right? You've got to have a, 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 a viable way of dealing with it, right? Yeah. And um, I think that's the way to go with Australia. Interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting because I have been asked that question or I have been told by people uh, the reason why we should not um, put money into this or try and make it better is because we need to take care of our own people and use our money for our own purposes. But then, then I, I make the point that do you know that every time the government changes, they, they rename uh, departments and they rename and they change the logo, and that in itself costs thousands and thousands of dollars. Exactly. We waste a lot of money doing ridiculous things like that. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that, that, that the reason for, oh, we don't have the money to, t to care for our own people, and it comes down to management as well. We can manage. We have a lot of resources. We just need to manage them well. Exactly. And, and we're in such a time of extremes where people are pulling apart, people are hating each other because of certain viewpoints or something. And here's an issue. I like to always think of ways we can actually bring people together. So we can talk to people who say, okay, I have fears about this or, or problems with this. And we can say, okay, we can deal with your fears. We can address them. We accept that. Yeah. But here's a cheaper and better way to do it yeah. and be humane at the same time. Like, this is not a black and white issue. This is not an either-or thing. We can do both. It's quite easily to be done. And that's an interesting point to, to come at it as well, as, as to not be antagonistic. I know that um, I have seen people approach it uh, as though um, the, other, the people who are against it are, are enemies, and I think that that approach straight away brings down walls, because now it's me against you. It's... Um, it's my opinion against your opinion. Yeah. Um, so I think that if we, you're, you're right. Like if we came at it from, let, let's hear what you have to say, um, and then and then <laughs> um, be able to address that without getting too angry or too um, upset. Mm. I think we we can maybe move forward with that. Definitely, we're in a point where everybody's talking but nobody's listening, and you've got to have that courage to give up a bit of your ego and say, okay. 
you know, I, I accept your fears. You know, I don't think you're an evil person because you think this. I understand maybe you've never met a refugee. So maybe you've seen all these pictures in the media and you think they're an enemy. You've never met one. You've never seen a picture of a person with their family. Um, okay, let's find out how they are, but let's do it on Australian soil. Let's do it in a much better and more humane way. And we both win, right? We all live in, the, we're all Australians in that way. You know, we're all doing it together. So why should we have to fight each other and go different ways? Because that's not going to get us anywhere, really, right? What do you, um, so you're currently doing your PhD in that, and if you were to do further studies, what do you think you would look at next? I'm really interested in migration and mobility. So my mother was from England, so, and grandparents as well, right? So, um, and everybody I knew was had some immigration background. Like, it was so normal for me to grow up with Indonesian friends, Filipino friends. You know, that was just Sydney for me. It was normal. We didn't talk about it at all really, it was just life. Um, and I find it interesting because I've moved to Austria and there's a lot of things I just didn't think about when I lived in Australia. Like now I realize how nervous you can be when you don't speak the language and how long it actually really takes. You know, you can understand a language, but it takes years for you to actually feel confident because in your own language you're speaking intelligently, but in this new language you have to speak in this basic way and you can never say what you really want to it's say. It's like speaking in broken English. Yeah, yeah I really yeah. understand that now. And so what's interesting is I'm talking to my old high school friends who came from South Africa or India or Russia and I'm, I'm finally asking them, you know, what was it actually like when you first came? Because you never talked about it at school, you just wanted to fit in, right? You don't want to be the outsider. What was it like? And it, it's really amazing, yeah. But that's why I'm such an optimist, is all of them say that um, it was really hard, you know? It was really terrible, I got bullied and everything when I first arrived. But they all love their life there now, and they all became this great Australian family. They found this, yeah. their place. And I yeah. see it when you go overseas. I think that's always the best way to look at your own country. Mm. You know, sometimes in Austria, you're, you're always an outsider, right? But when I go back to Australia, I see families who have been there for six months, and they're more Aussie than me, right? You know, um, I'll, I'll tell a quick anecdotal story. Across from my mother, there was a new Indian family who had just moved in six months ago, and I came back to Australia for a visit, and we got a knock on the door, on the fly screen door, so Aussie, and... There's the, the, the wife, and she goes, you want to come over for a barbie? And I went, all right. So we go over there, and there's the dad, new in Australia. He's in a singlet. He's got the stubby of VB, and we're talking about cricket and everything by the swimming pool while he's turning the, you know, the vindaloo and stuff <laughs> while he's cooking. It was just terrific, and it just uh, works so smoothly. And that was mentioned by, um, by one of the other speakers here, Bill Ash Ashcroft, I think it was. Um, he was talking about home and belonging, and he mentioned performance belonging yeah. and how a lot of people do that. And, and it seems like that's what that guy was trying to do. Like, so you, you, you take on the, the characteristics of the, the place that you are in to feel like you belong. Right. Um, and then eventually you hope that you do actually belong. Yeah. Um, I, I remember when I first came to Australia, I did not know what Arvo was. So I'd, I'd go to class, I'd be attending class, and she'd be like, I'll see you later in the Arvo. And I'm like, what does that mean? When? And or and then the, also the other thing about um, you ask them the time, and they'll be like, we'll meet back here at half past. And you're like, half past when? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It could be yeah. any. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 
you know, Australia, sometimes we do have a tendency to think Australia is the whole world and everybody's thinking about Australia all the time and you quickly find out when you move overseas and all people want to talk about is Crocodile Dundee that actually it's not that um, prominent in people's minds really. Yeah. But we get there after a while, you know, we're a bit slow to get change, um, but we get there and we try to get there at some point. So. I think in academia sometimes it's very easy to be cynical, right? Like it's our job as scientists to be always critiquing things, mm. right? But uh, so I fight hard to not think that it's the end of the world, to remember that actually these days it's a lot better than in the past. I'm not big into nostalgia. I don't believe in golden ages or that the past was so much better. So we're getting there. And, and like they mentioned, these things have happened before. It's not like we've never had refugees come to yeah. Australia and we don't talk about it. We because um, I thought that was an interesting thing that I came, I, I've come across, particularly doing refugee radio, is that we have had these migrations in the past, and when you speak to them, they were like, "Yeah, it was difficult, but I, I, even, I found that I was welcomed." And I'm like, "Why, why, why aren't we doing that now?" And I think we just forget. Either, either Australia forgets that we've done it in the past. Yeah, exactly. And nothing bad has come of it. Yeah. <laughs> And it's been bipartisan as well. You know, you can chat with liberal uh, voters and you can say, well, Malcolm Fraser, you know, let in the re Vietnamese refugees. It was great. You know, he showed a lot of generosity there to let people in. So um, it doesn't have to be um, a partisan issue either. Um, there's a lot of positive ways there. And, and it's not an impossible thing. We can change things quite easily, actually, I think. I, I, I like Australia because in today's world, we're not America and we're not Europe, right? We're going our own way slightly. You know, that's changing over the years, of course, but we've, we're still an experiment in a way. You know, we're a new country. We don't really know what's, what, what to do exactly, but we get there in some way, and I like that. So I want to be looking into migration more, uh, movements of people who can move and who can't move, um, because it's so exciting, you know, it's so interesting. And you think um, that this, because obviously um, all we've been hearing from the conference is that this problem of migration, it's not going to go away. Um, it's going to keep happening, particularly with globalization and with like, we want, we want to trade with each other. We want to have yeah. this open world. And if we're going to do that, people are going to move through it um, freely or not, not freely. Um, and it is something that the world needs to address eventually. Yeah. I'm, I'm big into individuals. I don't like to think of people as groups of people, as... Uh, Na as nations, separate nations. Yeah, exactly, right? You know, people do have nations, that does inform you, but you've got to remember that people are individuals. And I think when you think of people as individuals, you grant them dignity yes. and rights and so on. Because if you think of an individual, it's much harder to be awful towards them than a, a large group. And vice versa, of course. If you're part of a group, it's a lot easier to be awful than if you're by yourself. Um, <laughs> I think that's important. Yeah. <laughs> interesting picture. Um, okay, well, we're but we're just about um, to wrap up. Is there anything you'd like to close with? Anything interesting that you'd like to state? Um, <laughs> well, I think I, I hope that I uh, end on an optimistic note. Um, I have a Facebook page. It's called Talking About Refugees. It's kind of like a gathering point for all my research. So if anyone wants to check out that on Facebook, it's Talking About Refugees. Um, I guess the good point is to remember to listen to people who have different points of view and know that um, you can actually make change. That. Uh, Cynicism is very easy. It's the easy path to always just give up, 
right? But if you keep on trying, if you keep listening to people, or at the minimum, you're going to become smarter. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. You've been listening to Matthew Leroy. Um, he is a uh, he studied, he's doing his PhD um, in Vienna on the media representation of refugees in Australia. Um, I hope you have enjoyed this interview. You've been listening to Refugee Radio. I remember when I was growing up, if my mother got angry or frustrated with me, she'd say, And the basic translation of that is oh how beautiful is freedom but where is freedom oh,